Hi, I'm Daniel Foley from the Abundant Life Training Center, and welcome to our daily communion meditation, where today we're talking about a body you have prepared for me. We're going to be taking a look at this passage of scripture coming from the book of Hebrews, where it talks about how Jesus says, sacrifices and offerings you were not pleased with, but a body you have prepared for me. I've just been thinking about this verse. It just keeps coming to mind for some reason. So we're going to be asking God for insight and revelation, understanding of this passage of Scripture and what it means for us today. This idea, a body you have prepared for me. Because Romans 12, chapter 1, says that we're supposed to be turning our bodies into a living sacrifice. So we're going to be taking communion over this today. But why are we taking communion every day? About 10 years ago, I had pretty much no spiritual life whatsoever. I was doing life on my own without God, doing things my own way. But life wasn't going the way that I wanted it to go. At the time, I was running my personal training business, and the business started out great, but then I got into some tough times. And I've got some months where I'm losing thousands of dollars in a month. And I've got the weight and stress and pressure of the business on me, and I'm trying to figure it all out, and it's just not working. And I remember going, getting to this place and going for a walk with my wife and just telling her over and over, there's got to be a better way to live. And then shortly after that, I came across the challenge to start reading one chapter from the book of Proverbs every day. Proverbs has 31 chapters, so on day one of the month, you read Proverbs chapter one. Day two of the month, you read Proverbs chapter two. And then you keep going like that until the end of the month, and then you start back over again. Well, I've been doing this for a little while. And then one day, Proverbs 13, 22 seemed to jump off the page at me. It says, a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. And that verse got me thinking, what's the most valuable thing we could pass on to future generations? Well, Proverbs tells us that wisdom, understanding, knowledge, those are the key things. And so I made a commitment that day. I want to pass on manuals and lessons and teaching for all the different areas of life. But to be honest, when I got started, I had no clue where to start. So I began to seek after God, I began to totally immerse myself in the things of God. My relationship with him began to grow. He began to teach me, began to train me. And he taught me this whole new way of living. This whole new way of living, this completely different way to operate my life. Where we make him the source, we make him the center of everything. We learn how to do life together with him. We learn how to rest, we learn how to trust in him and to walk in his ways. But to be honest, when I, you know, learning how to walk out our lives in a new way requires some unlearning. I had to learn to do things a different way, I had to learn how to walk this out. And I just began to document the things God was teaching me, the things that he was taking me through. And it turned into this series of books and courses that we have now and partners that we have now called the Abundant Life Blueprint. But out of everything we do in the Abundant Life Blueprint, I believe the most important thing is daily communion. Daily communion is what I call the number one table turner for all of life. It has the ability to turn the tables, to create a turning point in our life and change the trajectory of our lives going forward. Jesus says, as often as you do this, remember me. There's something so powerful about remembering and not forgetting, especially when we're in the busyness and the issues and struggles of life are coming at us. Helps us to abide in him so that our lives produce much fruit. 1 Corinthians 11.26 says, every time we take communion, we're proclaiming the death of Jesus, which in the case of a will or an inheritance, nothing happens until you prove the death. So in a way, communion is like an activation that sets in motion all of these benefits that are found in the New Covenant. 
But it's also important we take it the right way. Every time we take communion, to take it with the fear of the Lord, with deep awe and honor and reverence for the sacrifice of Jesus and all that he went through. But I also think it's important we remember what his sacrifice means for us today. How he connects us back to God, gives us this new covenant, this personal relationship with God. So the process we use, we start with about a two-minute long prayer that's mostly scripture. Coming from Ephesians chapter 1 and the prayer of Jabez found in First Chronicles chapter 4. And then we take a few minutes to examine ourselves. Because the Apostle Paul says some people are weak and sick and they die early because they don't examine themselves before taking communion. And if communion has the power to do that in the negative, I believe it has the power to make us healthy and strong and give us long life. If we take it the right way. And then after our time of communion, we're talking about some physical fitness tips. Because I truly believe physical exercise is meant to teach us how to exercise our faith. So let's get started with our prayer. Heavenly Father, I pray for all those who are watching or listening, their families, all those connected to them, and all of our church and governmental leaders. Thank you for releasing us from darkness and transferring us into the light, into the kingdom of your dear Son. Thank you for your purpose and grace given to us in Christ Jesus before time ever began. I thank you that Jesus was smitten for us so that you could fight for us. And I keep asking that you, the Father of glory, would give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we would know you better. That the eyes of our hearts would be enlightened to know the hope to which you've called us and the riches of your glorious inheritance that is in us and the immeasurable greatness of your power to us who believe. The same power that you exercised in Christ when you raised him from the dead and seated him at your right hand in heavenly places. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion in every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And you put all things under his feet and made him to be the head of the body, the fullness of him, who fills all in all. And Father, I ask you to bless us and to make your face shine upon us. Let us find grace and favor in your eyes. Expand our borders and our territory. Expand our capacity to receive your purpose and grace, your love and your goodness, and to let it flow through us so that we do good and are a blessing to people all over the world. Send us opportunities to do good and be a blessing today and help us be sensitive to those opportunities. Keep your hand on us and help us do today what's right and best in your eyes and do it with peace and joy and confidence in you. And we ask you to stretch out your hand to heal and do signs and wonders and keep us from evil and pain. Through the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. All right, we're going to go through the other half of prayer. This is our time to examine ourselves. Are we making today a masterpiece? And how are we going to do that? We're going to get connected to the master. We're going to bring our relationship with God down into today to impact every area of today. And masters of anything are simply masters of the fundamentals. And that's what we're talking about, executing these four fundamentals and bringing some presence and some fun into them today. But before we go through our fundamentals, let's remember God's got a process. When he took the people from Egypt to the promised land, there were steps and stages, a process they went through. It didn't all happen in one day. 
And in a similar way, for us to step into the promises and the inheritance that God has for us in Christ, I think there's steps and stages. There's a process we go through. And very simply, I think it starts with believing God's got something better for our life, better than we could ever ask or think or dream or imagine. But his plan's probably going to look impossible. And we have to be willing to move forward with his plan rather than wanting to go back to the way things used to be. And then we've got to unlearn our old ways, put off our old ways, and to embrace this new way of living. We make him the source. We make him the center. We learn how to rest and we learn how to trust in him. And I think that's where these four fundamentals come in. Our first one, let's get positioned in the light today. Every day we've got to keep repositioning ourselves back into the light. I think it starts with humility. Humbling ourselves in relationship to God, humbling ourselves in relationship to other people. Because it's the humble who are given grace. It's the humble who are exalted and promoted. And we're going to take our position in forgiveness today. Receiving forgiveness from God, forgiving ourselves in the middle, walking in forgiveness with other people. And we're going to take our position in love today. To walk in the light is to walk in love. Kind and patient and gentle. Always assuming the best. Keeping no record of wrongs. Delighting in the truth. Always hoping, always trusting, always persevering, because love never fails. And we're going to take our position in gratitude and praise. One of the greatest expressions of faith, and it's one of the easiest ways to maintain our positioning all day long. And being in position is a big deal, because it puts us in position to be able to receive everything that God has for us. Imagine a quarterback and a receiver. The quarterback throws the pass, but the receiver turns and he runs in the wrong direction. He's out of position to receive. When we step into the light, we step into Christ. And God has taken everything that he has and he put it all in him. I like to call it this pipeline of living water. Jesus says, out of our innermost being will flow rivers of living water. And in that living water is God's spirit and power and presence, his love and peace and joy, his mind and wisdom. There's purpose and grace, health and energy, time, finances, resources. It's all available. But first, we've got to get in position to receive it. We've got to turn on the flow of it. And then our second fundamental is we're going to magnify the light. As we magnify the light, we're going to turn up the brightness of this light. And it's going to build a bigger pipeline. It's going to expand the capacity where God can flow more of all these good things through us. It's also going to get this new covenant rooted and established in our hearts where we become more fixed and consistent in it. And to magnify the light, imagine a basket Two baskets on a balancing scale. On one side, we've got a basket full of all the issues and problems and testings that we face. On the other side, we've got a basket full of our praises to God. To magnify the light, which basket are we going to fill up with our thoughts, our focus, our attention, our words, our meditation? To magnify the light, we're going to fill up that basket of praise. Praising God for who he is, praising him for all that he's done. And what I like to go through is, who is God? Praising him for who he is. He's the God of all grace. He's the God of all comfort. He's the God of all peace. He's, the, he's our joy. He's our righteousness. He's the one who sanctifies us. He's the creator of the heavens and the earth. He's our heavenly father. Jesus is the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. He's our healer. He's our provider. Just going through who he is. Taking some time to praise him for that. And then taking some time to praise him for all that he's done for us in Christ. He sent us his one and only son. He poured the cup of his wrath onto the body of Jesus. He was crushed and destroyed by God, but then he's raised up 
raised back to life and seated at God's right hand in heavenly places. And he raised us up with him and seated us together with him, set the spirit of his son into our hearts. By his stripes, we've been healed. Going through what he's done for us in Christ. And then I like to go through, what has he done for me personally? Both things that I've seen him already do and things that I've turned over to prayer, over to him in prayer. That I believed I received and I'm praising him for the answers, even though I haven't seen it yet. And this is a way we can begin to magnify the light. Now, this is not denying that there's issues or problems. It's choosing to fill up that other basket, to fill up that basket of praise, even in the face of those issues and problems. Because we trust that God can solve those problems a whole lot better than we can. But it does give us a choice. We could choose not to do any of this. We could stay stuck in pride and rebellion, bitterness, unforgiveness, insisting on our own way. And filling up that other basket of the issues and problems by venting and complaining and pouting, toiling away on our mind trying to figure everything out rather than resting and trusting in him. And that's where we have to learn to recognize the symptoms. Because when we're out of position or magnifying the wrong things, it's going to produce some symptoms in our life. And one of the biggest ones I've learned to pay attention to is where is the pressure? Am I putting pressure on other people? Am I putting all the pressure and, and weight of it on myself? Or is the pressure on God? Where is the pressure? Because when we put the pressure on other people, we put the pressure on ourselves. We squeeze God out. When we put the pressure on God, he can handle it. And that squeeze on him causes all those good things to flow out of us and through us. You have to pay attention to that. Some other symptoms. You have that weight and pressure on you. You feel the fear and the stress and the worry, dreading things in the future, envisioning worst case scenarios, reliving bad things from the past. Usually we're lacking presence. And unfortunately, this can become a habit. It can become a pattern or a vicious cycle that we get stuck in. But when we take our position in the light, there's rest in our soul. And the more we magnify this, the more of this we're going to experience. And when we rest, God goes to work. And now everything is free and easy and effortless and energizing because he's doing the work. And all those good things that he put in Christ begin to flow through us. And if all this weren't enough, God gives us this amazing gift of grace. That if we ever get off track, it just takes a moment to turn it right back around, get back in position again. I think it starts with getting more present, getting more aware of the symptoms, recognizing them, and then saying, you know what? I'm off track right now. I've missed it. Father, forgive me. We receive that forgiveness from him. We forgive ourselves. If we need to reconcile with somebody else, we take those steps. And then we start praising and magnifying him for his grace and his goodness and his love. And I like to pray this very simple prayer. Father, thank you that what you put within me is more than enough to handle whatever's coming at me today in a beautiful, graceful way. Help me to tap into this and see it flowing in my life at a greater level today. And you go through that simple process, that weight just lifts off you, everything begins to flow again. And then our third fundamental. We've got to stay tuned in today. And one of the best ways to do that is to stay in rhythm with him. And one of the ways I like to do that is with a journal before bed. And I like to start at the very top with what I call some filters. These filters are just short phrases or statements that I keep rewriting over and over again. Little reminders to help me stay in rhythm with God. I like to start with the big picture vision. 
Where do I feel like God is leading me in my life? For me personally, that's Abundant Life Training Centers all over the world, making the body of Christ healthy and beautiful. And then I want to bring it down into this year. What do I feel like is the word that God gave me for this year? For example, for me personally, this is 2022, the year of the beautiful land. And then I want to bring it down into this month. What is the message that I felt like he gave us for this month in the Abundant Life Blueprint? This month, in the month of August of 2022, it's prioritize connection. Prioritize connection. Focus on connecting with God and with people. Focus on staying connected. Because so much good comes out of staying connected. And then we go move down to a weekly level. Where we talk about our weekly, yearly cycle updates. Imagine the yearly cycle. We go around the cycle or circle of a year. It gives us a 360-degree view of God who he is and all that he's done for us in Christ. Just little reminders of different seasons of the year. This time of year as we move into August, it's a reminder to look for opportunities. God's favor is on you, and that favor is producing opportunities. Look for opportunities to connect. Look for opportunities to do good and be a blessing. And sometimes those opportunities come disguised as problems or issues. So use those filters to stay in rhythm. And then I like to start my journal with gratitude and praise to get in position and then to magnify. What went well today? What are all the ways I saw God showing up today? And then I like to ask this question, God, what were you trying to show me today? And get still and listen and whatever comes into my mind, begin to write those things down. And then I want to bring my journal all the way down into today. We started with the big picture vision, then this year, this month, this week, and then I want to bring it down into today. And that's where I like to plan out the upcoming day with God. And I've learned to stick with, what do I know to do today? Because I learned, sometimes I was toiling away in my mind, trying to figure things out, trying to force things to happen ahead of schedule. On the other side, sometimes I was procrastinating on things that I knew to do. And when we procrastinate on things, all those things build up on the inside. You feel that weight and pressure, the overwhelm on the inside. It blocks our clarity. It blocks God's ability to flow through us the way that he wants to. What do I know to do today? And that becomes the plan for the day. And then we wake up like a kid on Christmas morning, excited for the day. And we remember this very important principle that the first thing out of our mouth every morning sets the tone for the whole day. And as I began to learn about this, I began to seek God. What's the best thing for us to say in the morning? I felt like he was taking me back to Genesis chapter one. The very first words that we see God speak. Let there be light. And so now those are the first words out of my mouth in the morning. Let there be light. And it's amazing how such a simple little thing brings a different energy into the day. And then we get connected with him. We start praising and magnifying him. And we start walking out that plan in full confidence in him. That he's right there with us every step of the way. And when we get to that place of confident faith, his grace begins to surge through us. He begins to go to work. He begins to beautify our lives. To make things happen in our life that we could never make happen on our own. And beauty is attractive and magnetic and begins to pull more and more of everything God has for us into our life. Let's take a look at these scriptures today. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 5 through 7. It says, Therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said, and this is a quote from the book of Psalms, I think it's Psalms chapter 40, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire but a body you prepared for me. 
With burnt offerings and sin offerings, you were not pleased. Then I said, here I am. It's written about me in the scroll. I've come to do your will, my God. Just that that phrase, a body you have prepared for me. A body you have prepared for me. I just keep thinking about that verse. I don't know why it keeps coming back to mind, but God's trying to show us something about this verse. A body you have prepared for me. A body you have prepared for me. Something to just meditate on over the next little bit. And as I was thinking about this, this verse came to mind. Jesus's body was prepared. He was a sacrifice for God. He was he was killed as a sacrifice for God. But God tells us to turn our bodies into a living sacrifice. Romans 12, 1 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Notice, this is your true and proper worship, to turn your body into a living sacrifice. So, Heavenly Father, you're trying to show us something about this, about a body you have prepared for us. We're asking for wisdom and understanding and just insight into what this practically means for us. What is it that you're trying to show us with this? And whatever it is to help us to walk in this consistently, to turn our bodies into a living sacrifice, help us to do that in the way that's the true and holy and pleasing and the true and proper worship of you. And we thank you that on the night Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he said, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's take a moment to remember, God sent us his one and only son to die for our sins. And if he would do that for us, how would he not freely give us all things, richly to enjoy? He poured the cup of his wrath onto the body of Jesus. His body was broken. His body was destroyed. He was crushed by God. But then he's raised back to life. He's victorious over death. He's raised up and seated together at God's right hand. And then he raises us up with him. Sits us together with him in heavenly places. He makes us right and holy and perfect in God's sight. All through his one sacrifice. So, Father, we thank you for this bread and ask you to bless it in Jesus' name. If you have your bread, you can take your bread. Then after supper, Jesus took the cup. He said, this is the cup of the new covenant. In my blood poured out for the forgiveness of sins for many. It's the forgiveness of sins that releases us from darkness and transfers us into the light. Into the kingdom of Jesus. And he's a great king. His blood washes us and cleanses us, makes atonement for us, gives us this new covenant with God. This blood sworn oath in his blood. That God is with us and for us. He's working for our good. He's fighting for us. So Father, we thank you for this cup. And ask you to bless it in Jesus' name. If you have your juice, you can take your juice. All right. 
so this one has some direct implications for health and fitness. Using our workout times as a time to be to practice that living sacrifice. Using workouts as a time to worship God. Using it as a time to connect with Him. As a time to honor Him with our bodies. To take care of this temple that He's given us. And thinking of it in that term. Not, we're, not do, we're not working out. I like to think of changing the goal. I'm not working out to be healthy. I'm not working out to get leaner or stronger or improve my fitness. Those are all just side effects. The goal of my workout, the goal of my fitness is to connect with God, to worship God with our bodies. All those other things are just other side effects and benefits that come along with it. Just a different way to view our workout time. But I hope it's been helpful for you today. If you'd like to learn more about partnering with us in the Abundant Life Blueprint, you can go to the Abundant Life Training Center dot com.